All right, everybody. Uh, I have someone. I have a guest that's going to be coming on the ship today. Okay, uh, Kevin Dallas, uh, because Branson's not back yet. He's still out grieving his tomato. I guess I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm a huge fanboy of his uh, podcast, uh, uh, Boomstick Video Club. Like real talk. Oh, it's great stuff. Boomstick is like Evil Dead. I. That's where I'm. I'm assuming that's where he got the name of it for from. I've I've never actually met him in real life, so oh, wow, I, I haven't asked. Uh, he's a good friend of my buddy Dave, though. So oh, cool. Uh, yeah, just because Branson's not here. <laughs> John, how are you? What was that? Was that Branson? Did, did that come from outside the the space station? I can see into your soul, and it is black and cold. You have caused the death of my space tomato, and now you will pay. I challenge you to mortal combat. Bro, I will break you in half. What? And then the two halves will break you into three pieces, because I am undefeatable. Hey, I will whoopsie yourselves out the window if you guys don't chill out. Not in front of the guest. All right, just relax. Prepare yourself to discover a world of terrible movies. High above the planet Geekery, a group of intrepid explorers hover over the dangerous planet in their fabulous super-orbital spacecraft. Their mission? To conduct a complete analysis of movies known throughout the universe as Terrible. So grab your space popcorn, grab your freeze-dried ice cream, and join us for today's mission of discovery and wonder. Are these movies better than the galaxy thinks? Or do they really belong on the bottom shelf? What is up, guys? Welcome to The Bottom Shelf, the podcast where we watch, review, and rate terrible movies so that you don't have to. Brought to you by Geek Devotions, a network of shows by devoted geeks devoting to letting you know that you are loved. Thank you so much for hitting the play button today. If you don't listen beyond this moment, we want you to know this. You are loved, God loves you, and there is a purpose for your life. That being said, my name is Branson, and I am here with my crew, my compadres, my buddies, in no particular order, we are going to start with the the great, the space tomato eating, but that's okay, I love him anyway, John, how are you? Bro, you are so lucky that Dallas stopped that I would have ruined your week. Well, you can't ruin my week if you're frozen. See, I've been studying under the great Sub-Zero. Blah, blah, blah. I know how to be cold. <laughs> so cold, you ate your own pet. Anyway, move on with the introduction. Oh, oh, okay, that one hurt. Moving on, the captain of the crew, the great, the legendary Dallas Mora. Hey, what's going on, guys? Hey, look, now look, really, if you guys are going to fight, we're not, you guys are going to play Mortal Kombat that way. I have Mortal Kombat 11 over there. And if you feel real uh, feisty, I have bust out the Sega Genesis and we can play Mortal Kombat 2. Other than that, no spilling DNA on the ship. Period. <laughs> okay. Looking at you, John. Okay. 
All right, moving on. Next, we have our resident angry Irishman who is looking oh so stunning with his wavy, wavy hair. So hot! The best looking man on the crew, Kevin Burnham. <laughs> Dang. My man becomes a like a legit, like recognized film critic, and all of a sudden he's above us all. I see how it is. I know, and he he's like sponsored by like male clothing companies now, and suddenly he's just like chicks dig me, bro. Look beneath <laughs> me. <laughs> we just put up with him because he's pretty to look at. He's the eye candy of the show. <laughs> Legitimately though, ladies and gentlemen, Kevin has recently been inducted into the Independent Film Critics of America. So to that we say congratulations, Kevin. We're proud of you. Yes, congratulations. You are you are official and uh you make our podcasts uh seem official now. So thank you. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you very much. You're not allowed to leave because you give us value. You are official and we are officially writing your coattails. So that's a thing. <laughs> yeah, it's always nice to have someone right behind you. Somewhere. And who's sponsoring your clothing line now that you have? um collapse culture i don't know how to say his his product of his own name you might want to figure that out way to be a spokesman kevin (laughs) because i I try saying like four different times and he's like they're like it's collapse culture culture it's like couture what i don't i really don't understand what you're saying couture you know he didn't say couture it's like as i told him it's like you may want to rename that because (laughs) i can't pronounce that Now that I'm your spokesperson, change your product. Yes. <laughs> um, also with us today, I'm excited. I'm I'm stepping all over Branson's job because I'm excited to announce. No, this. go for it. Uh, we have Mike from the Boomstick Video Club, which is the podcast that actually inspired me to pitch this podcast to Dallas. So, <laughs> uh, happy to have you on board for this. Uh, we were supposed yes. to also have Dave Clements on board from Boomstick as well, but uh, Homeboy destroyed his back playing with his dog. So, <laughs> yeah, thank you guys so much for having me on. I'm very excited. Wait, so you're saying hits his podcast? We are the original reason why we watch all these freaking terrible movies. <laughs> well, no, you you found the movies in the dumpster bin. Yeah, screw you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> and if I saw Dave Clements, I would tell him to his face too. <laughs> uh, no joke. Their their first episode got me hooked. It was a uh, Ernest scared stupid. Yep. No way. Yeah. Yeah. That's our. That's probably one of our favorites of all time. I, my personal favorite. Um, okay i can agree with that for films. i just like bad movies so i think you I'm go, in hey, good... you're in the right spot brother yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got a dumpster full of them that is what we do so <laughs> let's go ahead and roll on today's episode i need to find my dice <sighs> not wrong wrong show brother oh sorry <laughs> uh dallas uh do you have some communication about we have had some communication with the uh, listenership about today's episode of Mortal Kombat. I believe that's what Kevin pulled out for us. Yeah, th- thanks for telling the audience exactly what I'm holding in my hand. But I'm ahead, sorry, man. the today's outline is... Harry, you read the VHS. Go ahead. 
<laughs> do you need a shoulder, Kevin? Do you want? Do you, do you need a hug? Nope. Need a shoulder to cry on? Nope. I volunteer. <laughs> I'll hug Kevin. Back off, man. I'm a scientist. <laughs> you, you give him a cold shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, right, right. Okay, so let's talk about today's movie that we're going to be um, reviewing and watching and having wonderful, lovely conversations on. Yes. That is Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. Mm. So we had one person write in some communication. They said, uh, this, it's a favorite over here, up there with Mars Attacks, which some people like more than others. Uh, just hitting me with uh, where it hurts, Dallas, um, to which that person, I replied to them. I said, hey, uh, you haven't even heard my thoughts on the movie yet. Um, the CG reptile so bad, it's deserving a fatality. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's right up there, right down there with Mars Attacks. Uh, it's up there. It's up there. That doesn't sound very promising to me. Yeah. We know where you stood with Mars Attacks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're going to do this again. Okay. <laughs> oh, my gosh. At least I know what I put my movies at, unlike certain people in here. Hey, Kevin, <laughs> if I toss a potato, will you go fetch it? No. Because I have dignity <laughs> and pride. <laughs> what if I wrapped it in cabbage? Still, no. This is getting weird. All combat and not enough mortal. It's like uh, watching someone else play the video game. All right. Fair enough. That is. That's, isn't that what people do on Twitch? Just watch everyone else play the video game? Well, we talk too. Yeah. We're, yeah. This is, what we're doing here is basically the Twitch of terrible movies. <laughs> <laughs> we just silence everybody else. Just, it's just not in real time. You're right. Let's see. We got a uh, love this one, Dallas. The soundtrack was awesome. It was flaw. It has fl its flaws. Uh, uh, we were going to do it for uh, for Ugmore, the video game. This is from our friends over at uh, Rushmore uh, Show, uh, where they give you their their top four of whatever, and they were doing an Ugmore uh, video game movies. Um, see your warning. Hey Ugmore. Hey Ugmore. If you're listening what's your top four flavor um favorite ice cream flavors i think they did that actually uh warning just be happy it's not the sequel um <laughs> uh, well fortunately i don't think kevin's gonna pull that out of the dumpster surely that's not in the dumpster uh warning i make no promises this movie doesn't test your <laughs> might it tests your patience uh it teases you for uh, uh for a minute just to let you down for the rest of the time <laughs> uh, one person wrote in never played it wait it was a movie uh, stay innocent you poor child <laughs> <laughs> warning no warning label needed here it's a fun time uh, features a woman who is really tough until suddenly she's not for plot convenience fair enough oh, sounds like my ex-wife Dang. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. All right, let's talk about some uh uh factoids and stuff like that. Does anybody have any facts about this movie or we just want to talk about our expectations? Let's just jump into expectations. Okay. You got some high expectations over there, Kevin? Um, going to be honest, I don't really have any nostalgia for this movie because I never watched it when it came out. Really? I never uh... played I never played Mortal Kombat games. Oh, well, I wasn't. It was, it was big part was that we didn't have a television during this time. Oh and yeah, yeah. Then that we makes did sense. get, 
when we did get the television, <laughs> we were not allowed to look upon us. And I remember there was several pastors preaching against the playing of Mortal Kombat and the movie and all these franchises and everything else. So I'm like, wow, you made a sermon of this? Okay. <laughs> Even though Mortal Kombat was the Harry Potter of our time. Wow. That's interesting. Yes. It was. Yes, it brought it brought into the news. I've seen video clips of pastors railing against He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. No kidding. Well, they will find anything to preach against. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if you're Southern Baptist. If you're Southern Baptist, they'll find yeah. everything. They're like, well, you shouldn't be taking your family to KFC when you'd be taking them to real homemade, homegrown chickens with deep fry in your own mouth. <laughs> what? Who the frick cares? This is why Brent is no longer Southern Baptist. <laughs> one of the reasons do not feed your family deviled eggs because <laughs> they're gross we call them angel eggs what? yeah i've heard that too do you know why they call it devil food cake because mm-hmm. it's of the devil that's why sweet foods are called sinful <laughs> yeah so i have no nostalgia for this um when i did um actually pick up this copy at the walmart like two years ago mm-hmm. going through the bin and i saw it there and some guy was like bro that movie's like that movie's awesome man that movie's so awesome man i was like uh, okay it, it's awesome so like, no it's like top dog man you'll get better in this man i was like oh Jesus. wow this guy's like on high i think he was slagging you no he was not slagging i think me. he was he, slagging you this guy had like the gold grills. He had like the wheel cup spinners on his, on his <laughs> shoes. I'm like, oh, his shoes. <laughs> and he was like wearing these big humongous gold chains. I'm like, yeah, he's somebody's pimple, right? Did did he, did he ask you to watch him whip, or possibly watch him nanny? That's 2000, not 2020 or 2019. Who does that? <laughs> Jesus, how old are you, John? Do you even hang around people? <laughs> hey kevin there's a giant dumpster fire out back feel free to go fall into it john what's your expectation of this movie since you're being weird um okay so i watched this movie when it first came out on vhs so that should sort of give a clue as to what the answer is to kevin's question um so i re i remember liking it when i was young mm-hmm. um granted I, I i expect it probably hasn't aged well so i don't have a whole lot of high expectations for it but i feel like i still would probably enjoy it maybe yeah hopefully hopefully <laughs> god i need a win <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh Branson, how about you brother um, I, I don't think I saw this when it first came out. I think like John was talking about, I rented it from a video store on VHS one weekend. We, they were doing the deal, you know, the, they had a video, local video store had a deal where you could get five movies for $5 for five days. And this nice. was one of those in the, in the section. Yeah. That was not um, blockbuster. No, it was not. It was. Mm. Planet Entertainment, I think it was a locally owned place. Because yep. Blockbuster, it's five but, movies uh, for five of your children for five years. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's why that's to business. get one night of rent, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, 
I want to say I was around middle school, early high school when I first saw it. Mm-hmm. And from what I remember, I, I, I didn't grow up playing Mortal Kombat because we were more of a Nintendo family. Um, Bro, that's no excuse. I played I I played Mortal Kombat on my SNES, so I don't even want to hear like, oh, we were Nintendo it was family. SNES, wasn't it? <laughs> and there, yeah. was, there was a way to turn the blood on. I did it. Dullard. <laughs> I think it was actually better on on Super Nintendo, to be honest with you. You're not wrong, sir. Yeah. <laughs> well, in any event, the the movie just made me want to play the video game. Uh, yeah, I, I was intrigued by the premise, but I don't remember even as a young age. At a young age, I was one of those kids. If you put effort into it, it's awesome. I like every movie. And even then, I was like, this is not a good movie. <laughs> so, I don't have high expectations. That's fair. That's fair. Mike, how about you, brother? Uh, I saw this opening day, my friends. Uh, wow. I was, uh, yeah, I was in the wow. theater with my dad and all my neighborhood buddies. I lived in the arcade when I was a little kid. Like I was in, I was in the arcade every every single weekend. And uh, when when Mortal Kombat came out it was a huge deal it was uh um just i so many people lined up to play it and every time a new Mortal Kombat game came out it you know i saw it first because i was there every weekend so when i first heard about this movie it was the hype was very very real and uh yeah we we made a whole big thing thing of it and saw it the night it came out so i was back then i was very it was highly anticipated yeah for sure totally totally so what about today how how many mortal kombat games are there well i i was playing 11 today so there's 11 okay i'm sure there is well that's not that's also not counting the spin-offs like mortal mortal kombat origin sub-zero (laughs) sub-zero mortal kombat uh special forces Mm. Okay, so there's nearly as many copies of those as there are for Madden games. Probably. Only more entertaining. There are 24 <laughs> different uh, games for the Mortal Kombat series. 24. Jeez. Good wow. lord. That sounds about right. What about you, Dallas? What are your expectations for this movie? My expectations are... Um, so, I didn't grow up in the arcade because I lived in the woods, but I did have a Sega because Sega does what Nintendo don't. Uh, including go out of business. <laughs> Sega does what Nintendo don't. <laughs> so um, Genesis does. <laughs> yep. I played the mess out of Mortal Kombat 2. Uh, I went online and downloaded cheat codes. Um, down, up, left, left, ARD was uh, the first thing you did when you fired up on the Sega Genesis so you can turn on the blood and everything else. Mm-hmm. Um. And then I watched the movie. I didn't go see it opening day, but I did watch it as soon as it came out on VHS. And I remember, uh, and uh, to my 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 dear uh, birthday twin uh, Tasha, who wrote in uh, hoping that I don't destroy her her dreams of this, about this movie. I enjoyed it as a kid. I thought it was fun. Of course, I was into like Power Rangers and all kinds of bad martial arts movies. So this is right up there. Mexican for me. wrestling, huh? Lucha Lords, Mexican <laughs> wrestling. Did you say Lucha Lords? <laughs> Lucha Libre. Lucha Libres. <laughs> Luchadores. 
before I dive before we dive into this movie, because uh, I, I apparently some of us have played these games. Uh, what's everybody's main? And do you remember a fatality sequence for your main? Like That's a good my question. guy, my guy was Scorpion. And I remember on the SNES it, for the fatality, it was just R up up and I would rip off my mask and burn mm-hmm. people alive with my fire breath. Mm. Anybody nice. got anything like that? Like, who's your main? Did you know the fate? Do you still remember a fatality? I was Raiden. I always went with Raiden. I don't know why. And the, his fatality that I, I don't remember what it is now, but he electrocuted like he just raised his arms up, electrocuted the guy's head. His head would explode. I remember that. I didn't play it a whole lot. The few times I did play it, I usually played Sub-Zero. I could never figure out how to do the fatality because I was terrible with button combinations, but I did like that he could shoot ice and freeze your enemy. And so for a split second, there was nothing they could do. And that meant a lot to me because I wasn't that good at video games. So if I had an enemy that could not move, that was meaningful. So I usually went Sub-Zero. You were one of those guys that spammed the freeze, the the freeze move, weren't you? Yes, I was. was That's fair. That's totally me. That's fair. So mine was Sub Zero. Uh, I won't uh-huh. be back forth between Sub Zero and Scorpion. Um, so, but I did Sub Zero a lot, probably a lot more than Scorpion. Although I got really good at teleporting and doing the get over here with Sub Zero or with Scorpion. Um, I don't remember any of the how to do his uh, fatalities, but I did do um, where you like he I shattered them uh, quite a bit. Um, on More Combat Eleven, my main right now is uh, Spawn. That's who I've been using. They got everybody on the new games. Like, man, they so got many... Robocop. They got all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to get Mortal Kombat XL so I can play as Freddy Krueger. That, that's, that's I forgot he was yeah. Kevin, did you play at all? No, you said you didn't play, so. Nope. Poor Kevin. <laughs> the closest he gets to Mortal Kombat is when he gets into fights with you on, this, on the podcast. Fair enough. Probably. <laughs> all right. Are we ready to watch? Are we ready to actually watch this thing? So I'm I'm still not reading the back of the VHS or anything like that, am I? Yeah, I'll read it. Go for it. Read read the story. Tell us what we're watching. What, is, what are we walking into? Okay. Well, it seems like you guys already know what you're walking into. So let's see. On the back of this VHS, it says, Strap yourself in the pulse-pounding, action-star-powered adventure and cutting-edge special effects with awesome morphing sequences beyond your wildest dreams. Hmm. That is so 90s. <laughs> Summoned to a mysterious island, three martial arts warriors engage in the ultimate battle of good against evil, the supernatural tournament of Mortal Kombat. Starring Christopher Lambert, Talisha Sota, I never knew how to say that person's name, um, Bridget Wilson, and featuring world-class martial arts Robin Show. It's the most awesome, action-packed, reality-shattering adventure the universe has ever witnessed. Prepare for Mortal Kombat. Care- careful there, Mortal Kombat. There is such a thing as overpromising. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. That sounds like pretty accurate from what I remember. Totally. Right. It says in the back, on the bottom of this, it features Techno Syndrome, which is performed by the Sin. Uh, I can't read this. The Immortals. Yeah, that's the theme. It's, it's so tiny, and I'm like, I, okay, I can't read, and it gets smaller and smaller print. This was the the soundtrack to this movie. Actually, was the very first EDM album to ever go platinum. Really? What is mm-hmm. what is EDM? Oh, wow. Mr. Music Man. Electric dance, electronic dance music. 
techno. Trippin wasn't a part of that. Trippin didn't have electronic dance music. What you talking about, Willis? The movie Trippin. You never watched Trippin? No. Breaking. I feel like no. you're Trippin. You're Trippin, boo. Uh, I'm probably the only one who watched Soul Cinema. Sorry. <laughs> All right, let's watch this movie. Dear listeners, this is your opportunity to escape. Our crew has just entered into the media projection chamber. What horrors and madness that they consume are unknown. Their mental state upon their return is unknown. You have been warned. Does anybody know how to make the new TVs go to channel four? Not 4-1, but four, because I really need to plug <laughs> in my Sega Genesis right now. <laughs> what you need, sir, is what's called an RF modulator, so you can plug your uh, your your uh, Sega into a HDMI port. Is what ah, okay. I have to find that. And what I feel like is we just watched fight scene the movie <laughs> yes i i think if you took all the dialogue in the script it would com- be comprised of about 20 pages yeah probably it's like they filmed a bunch of fight scenes and then went oh crap we're supposed to have a story uh <laughs> so to to whoever to to whomever left the comment that this was this movie was like watching somebody play mortal Kombat, you are correct that's 100 percent <laughs> so quick question i know most of us have played like mortal kombat 2 have any of us played any of the more recent ones where there's some story in it uh the most recent one i played was mortal kombat deception okay uh which was on the x original xbox and uh playstation 2 right uh i enjoyed that one but the reason why i enjoyed it is because there was a lot of rpg elements that were in that one Mm mm-hmm and there was a lot of there was a lot of uh, good storytelling in it. Um, I heard people. I've heard a lot about that one from folks. I've been playing Eleven recently, and I played a little bit of, a, of another one years ago. But like this is really. And before we get into like really discussion about the movie, just on your on your comment here, that's how the games go for the most part right now. It's like mm-hmm. here's here's a half a scene of of conversation. Let's fight. Yeah, and then here's two seconds of conversation. Let's fight. <laughs> <laughs> that's how the movie was yep. yeah yeah right. so it really Kevin, was walk us through the movie man so we can discuss this in a logical sense we can't we're in the spoil. we're in the spoiler free section stop Jack trying Martin. to <sighs> we're it's it's been a hot minute since we've recorded everybody we apologize for these snafus why yeah. walk when we could fight our way through <laughs> <laughs> all right well what's something spoiler free that you like mike Oh, spoiler free. Um, I think that they. It's it's tough to it's it's really tough to make a video game, a movie in general. But um, I don't know. They had they had the right idea. I think the whole storyline with Johnny Johnny Cage could have made sense. But I don't know. Like, were you about to say Johnny Cash? I was. He's in Mortal Kombat 12. <laughs> are you are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. I mean, they have everybody else. Yeah, and it's spicy is set in Folsom Prison. Yeah. I, I, I killed a man in Reno just to watch him die. I would yeah. He could be in Mortal Kombat. Yeah, let's do it. His fatality I, is somebody calls him Sue and he beats them with his guitar. 
There you go. I if wouldn't you be surprised. Johnny Cash versus Johnny Cash. The the out music is "I Hurt Myself Today." <laughs> <laughs> but, but but yeah, I I think that um, he, I, I liked the actor who played played him. I thought he was. I thought he did a good job. Um, I don't know. I, Johnny Cage is probably one of my favorite Mortal Kombat characters. So mm-hmm. uh, I. I wanted, I wanted him. He, he was kind of who I was most looking forward to seeing in the movie. There you go. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and um, yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I thought, I thought they did him pretty accurate for the most part. That's cool. I dig it. The actor himself was, he had terrible lines, but still, <laughs> he did. I, I think I, I like bad movies. So a bad dialogue, you know, I just, I dig that kind of stuff. Yeah. Totally get that. What bad dialogue? I don't even know what you're talking about. The the three times he opened his mouth and said something, that was dialogue. I know, I was conversing bad. <laughs> Kevin Kevin this... was giving bad dialogue and saying what he did. It was a it was a <laughs> two-sided yeah. joke. I I'm picking up what you're putting down there, Kevin. It's cool. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> this is where you fall down. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Kevin, and Kevin what, falls down. <laughs> what's some spoiler-free thoughts you got, bud? Well, it's, it's a movie. And there's fighting, and fighting, and fighting. <laughs> I don't know what to say. <laughs> there's fighting. <laughs> Kevin, you're spoiling the movie. Stop. <laughs> I know. <laughs> there's I'm only so much this. I can talk about the film. <laughs> there's just fighting. I'm going to say this about the fighting. I felt like the fighting was everywhere, uh, literally in the movie. But um, like there are moments where I'm like, okay, this is like pretty decent martial arts, you know, 90s martial arts fighting. Um, then there are times where I'm like, you guys are telegraphing so hard right now. It's it's like watching like five-year-olds sword fighting out in the yard. They're like, no, hit my stick here. Like it was just, it was terrible at times. And then there were times where I'm like, all right, this is pretty well orchestrated. I'm not, not I, I'm, I respect this. And so I, I yeah. wish that they had kind of worked better for a movie that's about fighting. I feel like they could have done better with that whole situation. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> as far as my thoughts on this, the spoiler free thoughts on this. Um, I mean, we all know that there's, fighting in this movie i mean there's no way to get around that this movie's about a fighting game they were kung fu fighting those cats were fast as lightning until they're telegraphing i mean i don't know i guess i i kind of dug the scenery a little bit yeah yeah like there there was there was some good scenery i mean Almost as good as the CGI in this movie. No. No, don't. No, no, no. no. Oh, I'm the only one in that part? Okay, fine. (laughs) Be that way. (laughs) There were some beautiful shots of the island in a couple of scenes like that. Yeah, I agree. Um, There is... It's hard for me to talk about this i'm i'm gonna end up dumping on this movie <laughs> then put on easy mode stop putting on hard mode <laughs> <laughs> that's fair 
uh, I'm going to end up dumping on this movie, but it's it, it. There's no way I can really talk about why until we get into the spoiler section. Right. Um, you going to dump on this movie like you dumped on the space tomorrow? No, I'm going to dump on this movie. So you're projecting. You're already telling us what, what, what this movie is. Okay, fine. Cool. Now everyone knows what you feel. Honestly, yeah. Well, I mean, there's there's no way to hide my opinion on this movie because <laughs> I can't talk about thing like seriously. The only thing I can say that I liked about this watching it again was the scenery, and I wanted to know more about the other guy that was in the first fight of the movie with the with the uh, cornrows. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted I know to know more about. about him. Who's this guy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah was he not I, a character like an actual game character no oh i legitimately thought he was an actual character but they 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 gave his they gave his character as much personality as pretty much all the main characters and they movie. really did yeah like <laughs> yeah <laughs> which is saying something because he didn't have any spoken lines in this movie <laughs> <laughs> that's a really good point yeah, that really is yeah yeah. Branson, how about you, man? You got anything? Uh, I'm going to agree with John. Uh, I love the scenery. Uh, I thought, especially the shots, like you said, of the island. Uh, you know, you can tell they put a lot of time and effort into that. Uh, the fighting was kind of hit or miss. Some fight scenes were really, really cool to watch. Some fight scenes were, you can tell you learned how to do this five minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Uh, and it wasn't always the people that you would expect to be the good fighters that did the good fighting. Some of the Mm -hmm. best fighters in this movie were the henchmen, Uh, (laughs) you know, um, I, without getting too spoilery of all of the characters, I liked Johnny Cage's arc the best, mostly because he actually had an arc, um, you know, uh, I have thoughts. That's all the high high notes I've got for it. Everything else (laughs) for me to explain what I didn't like about it, I'd have to. Well, like everyone else, I'd have to spoil it. We we just get to the spoiler section. Dallas, round it out for us. I want to say this. I like um, um, Kerry Hiroki Tagawa. He played uh, Shang Shang or Shang Su. Um, Shang Sung. Shang Sung. Sorry. Shang Sung. Shang Sung. I like him as an actor. And so when I see him on screen, I, I because I, I've seen a lot, I've seen a lot of things over the years that uh, I enjoy. So I was excited to see him, even though he was over the top acting a lot of times. Like your soul was mine. Oh yeah, I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. He did a great job of of some of the times. You mean the whole freaking movie is overacting? What are you talking about? <laughs> I like him a lot too. He's in June. Yeah. He's in Johnny Tsunami. Yeah, he is. <laughs> he was in um, uh, Man in the High Tower. And mm-hmm. um, he's—I mean—he's just a great actor. He's done a lot of cool stuff. In fact, I—I I would say that he's probably out of everyone that I, in this movie that I can remember. Um, he's the only actor that I feel like has a decent career uh, outside of the Highlander. And but I mean that should have only been one. Uh, so yeah. pretty. He much. was Cab I saying in the Phantom. Was he? Interesting. I think so so uh, I will also say this: this movie just feels like it was smack dab in the '90s. Like it, like it just. When you think about '90s films, this is it. Like, yeah. um, I'm thinking about movies like uh, The Phantom, uh, The Shadow, mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah. Even um, Surf Ninjas. I don't know if anybody who's listening has remember remember Surf Ninjas. Oh my God, that's yeah. that's yeah. You're speaking my language. Come on, brother. <laughs> I, isn't there an episode of Boomstick about the Surf Ninjas? Not yet. No. Uh, we call me when it does. We yeah. We've been ta- we've been talking about doing it for a while, but haven't gotten around to it yet. That was my sister and I's favorite movie. I straight up bought that for her as a Christmas gift one year. So mm-hmm. just call me up when you're ready to do that because I love that movie. All right. Movie. All right. Uh, I just remembered. I just remembered uh, something else that was good about this movie that is spoiler free. Okay. The soundtrack. Yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> the soundtrack to this movie was spot on. It was. Everybody knows the theme song. Um, mm. and it's it, it, sampled it, today. And to be perfectly honest... You know, it's classified this the soundtrack to this is classified as an EDM album, but it was at that point in the 90s where a lot of electronic dance music kind of rode the border between dance music and then industrial music. Okay, so so, uh, you know, I didn't listen to this because I was like, yay, dance. I listened to this because like, hey, this is like a popular version of Gravity Kills or, you know uh nine inch nails or whatever so mm-hmm. that you know that's that was how i approached it so i mean and i think that's part of the reason why it went platinum was because it had a, at that time period because there was so much crossover between the two genres that it, I, I think it had a broader audience than edm would have today totally mm-hmm. i think it's a great valid points all right well, i think we're gonna have to spoil some stuff so yes John. let's yep Open the fridge. Yeah, let's, let's just get there. Ladies and gentlemen, the spoiler section. Okay, I need to talk about how the relationship <laughs> with uh, Sonya Blade and Johnny Cage was so crowbarred in at the end of this movie. <laughs> I'm sorry, I held that as long as I could. I need to talk about that. Why? when we sent our notes to kevin that's one of the things i put in there was that that was just not a thing like what happened here yeah i didn't remember them having a relationship i guess it was because it's a 90s movie you gotta have a romance in there somewhere so uh let's just pick two random people and stick them together sure why not you don't remember them all of a sudden being a romantic (laughs) item at the very end of the movie kevin didn't care <laughs> that's the that, and that's the thing kevin that's none exactly of us cared about it yes. <laughs> it yeah it definitely did i feel like they were like oh we gotta we gotta do this because the game kind of puts them together or i don't know but that's the but, thing like at that point this was like mortal kombat 2 was the only one there wasn't much game that story out there i think there was a there, comic book or two but that was yeah it. that's also yeah that's true they put them together in a game. They did a fusion dance and then became another character. I, yeah. No, that was a joke. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I was like, I think, what? <laughs> and that, dear loved ones, is how babies are made. <laughs> <laughs> they do have a daughter. I think in part two, like the Mortal Kombat 2, they kind of alluded to it, but I don't think they did it before before that. Yeah, so that 
I found to be really irritating. There's a lot of incongruencies with the plot holes in this movie. And can I say there were certain set pieces in the uh, in the uh, palace scene, uh, specifically the statues that you could definitely tell were borrowed from other movies. <laughs> like there's there's the there was one stone statue in particular with some guy wearing a helmet and he had a club over his head almost to the point where it was touching the middle of his back they kept showing him and i'm like i have seen that somewhere and i'm like 99 percent convinced it was one of the stone statues from uh uh what's it what's it? now i can't remember the name of it uh I would rather see the statue in CGI. <laughs> it's a Ray Harryhausen movie. Uh, something of the Titans. Clash, Clash, of, the Clash Titans. of the Titans. Clash of the Titans. I, I swear it was from the Medusa scene in Clash of the Titans. I'm like, I, I like all of this feels like just recycled set props. Well, that probably is yeah. because of the director, um, Paul Anderson or Paul W.S. Anderson loves all those older films. So. He would like uh, to sneak in things like that. That cat's name sounds familiar too. Like I should recognize who he is, but for the same for some reason I can't place him. Who? Paul W. S. Anderson. Resident Evil. He does all the Resident Evil movies. That's right. That's His right. style is very yeah. it's very, yeah, noticeable. Everywhere. <laughs> yeah. He's the one that's married to Milo Djokovic. <clears throat> No one doesn't know this? I'm the only one who knows this? I did not I know that. I didn't know that it was married to her. Yeah, that's why he puts her in every one of his movies. Go him. Yeah. I like her as an actress. On the subject of uh, Sonya Blade and love interest, is there a reason why Shang Tsung was so intent on Sonya Blade being in the tournament? Because he could beat her. W was that it? I think because so. she's a beautiful, attractive woman that's inside this movie, and there has to be a reason to give her something. Well, okay, in, in story reason, because I completely missed that. That that was what I got from it was that he, she was kind of his ace in the hole. Like if he was going to challenge somebody, he was going to pick somebody he knew he could beat. You know what the, I mean? The whole thing was weird though. Like like why did he change her costume and suddenly give her hair from the eighties? Uh, because they needed to make her match the scene, the background in the game. Is that what it is? That's the funniest aspect of that whole ending fight is just Sonya's randomly in, the, in that <laughs> outfit. It's like, what? <laughs> like, legit, there's a scene, there. there is uh, an actual playable stage where they have Sonya tied up in the background with her hair like that, and she's, like, in slave clothes, and <laughs> that that's all they did it for was just say, hey, everybody, remember this? Because if George Lucas can do it, Carrie Fisher, this guy can do it to her. True. So I will <laughs> I'll say this about um, there were a couple of scenes where I was like, I, I was kind of like, good on you guys. Because like they tried to emulate some of the of the game itself from Mortal Kombat 2. Like the dudes like uh, when they're out there on the beach and they were um, they had uh, the stage set up with Shung, uh, Song. I can't say his name. Shang Tsung. Shang, Shang Tsung. Shang Tsung. Um, sitting there, and then the, the monks in the front, that was um, a somewhat of a fabrication of one of the stages in Mortal Kombat 2. And so I appreciated that there was some of that that took place in the in the movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But that, that scene with, with Sonya Blade all gussied up at the end, 
that felt crowbarred. There's a lot of stuff in this game that just felt crowbarred. So the movie, not game, movie. What? You said game. It's a movie. Oh, if you say so. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's the cutscenes, but it's the movie. It, it just yeah. it, it just felt it just felt like a whole lot of hey guys, remember this? Instead mm-hmm. of trying to put together yeah. a good movie. Um, yeah. Okay, and so. I hate that I'm going to say this. I hate that because I am going to be pointing a finger at myself with the statement, but for everybody out there who has ever said practical effects are better than digital effects. I want to point you to Goro. Yes. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> Goro was terrible yeah. in this movie. I mean, it's just like, it was completely unbelievable when you saw him in the fight scenes, he was lumbering around like a big dumb idiot. Yeah. I'm just like, Oh cool. <laughs> they put an extra set of arms on slaw from the Goonies and just <laughs> said, there you go. Get the baby Ruth hey, and guys. go from a distance. From a distance, I think it looks cool. Like when, when yeah. the dra- when the dragon door opens and he's standing there and he's like, flexing and growling it looks cool from a distance but when you get up close it's like oh god okay i'm, I'm gonna agree with you on that there <laughs> there are moments um where it looks good uh and it's from when it's in distance or when it's dark and i, and I think kevin kevin can attest to this because he's watched a lot of more older movies than i have there's a reason why things were kept in the dark in older movies because they couldn't make it look great but what you can do is hide things in shadows and then they will become better um and i feel like if they had kept goro in the background more more of as a uh, ominous creature that you're gonna have to fight later um it wouldn't have been so so bad but like when you get up and close i'm like "Mm, i could see the the puppeteer on the inside there that whole dinner scene with kano like that like he he looks really bad oh (laughs) and speaking of kano again with the uh practical effects can we talk about the prosthesis that was put onto him because that sure looked fake. You could literally see how that prosthesis was a giant lump over where the rest of the face should have been. And yeah. half the time, I'm fairly certain they didn't show the side because it wasn't actually attached. There's a couple times where I swear that thing was just kind of flopping around. And I'm just like, no. It looks like he went to a Comic-Con and bought a costume piece and just stuck it on. Right? Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen realer prosthesis in uh, displays at Mervyn's is all I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's terrible. Oh my. Kevin, what are your thoughts, buddy? Hmm? What do you think about the costumes? Uh, I've seen better costumes when I go to these comic cons. That's for sure. I think out of all of us, you've been to more Comic Cons than any of us. Have you seen anybody do uh, decent Mortal Kombat stuff at all in these I cons? Mean, from, from what I'm seeing on between what I've seen this movie and cons, I've seen people do exceptionally well at Comic Cons. There was one that um did like a couple of the women that were inside here, and they just looked so like precise. And when I'm looking at the video game, when I see the video game footage from YouTube, I'm like. Oh my gosh, you look almost exactly like these freaking characters. I'm looking at the movies like none of these people in the movie actually look like that. Like they just got everything from their local discount store <laughs> and just put it on. 
and you can see the sewing stitches they do to the costumes. I'm like, okay. I mean, I, yeah. want, I want to keep saying it's 90s, but then again, when I look at things that's done in the 90s, like, I can't say it was the 90s. It was I just... feel like Spirit Halloween's in the background when we're going, you could have called. Yeah. could have called us. Exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, Kevin, I'm, I'm just going to say I owe you an apology, sir. Okay. I think that this movie is completely on par with Fatal Deviation. Um, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, we can, you and I about tomorrow call about, you need to explain that. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah, exp- explain what you're, what you're trying to relate that to. What? I, I think it's just as good as fatal deviation. And why are you going ahead and telling everyone what your final thoughts are on this? Dude, everybody knows what my final <laughs> thoughts are on this movie already. If they haven't figured it already, I'm just saying, how about we just mute you and we'll just keep talking. Okay. <laughs> <to> the end. <laughs> did anyone else looking at Raiden? Did any, did anyone else feel like that was Highlander two? Yes. That, that was one of the things that bugged me about Raiden. Again, I still haven't seen Highlander, but I'm going to say I did not care for Christopher Lambert, whatever he was doing with his voice. Because <laughs> it's, I mean, any any of us could do, I believe, any of us could do better at a more throaty type of voice, whatever he was trying to do. I'm here to he tell doing. you about Mortal Kombat. <laughs> <laughs> like that's, every that's time the- he talked... It sounded like somebody just punched him in the throat before he went on the stage. No, no. no Mike, Mike is completely right. It sounded like a really raspy Ren from Ren and Stimpy. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what is he doing? Is that you really don't his understand. voice? <laughs> <laughs> that point? Is there a look for Raiden from the games where he was like wearing all white with long hair? Because... Now, granted, I didn't play the game a lot, but isn't he supposed to have like the Chinese hat and like a blue vest? And well, yeah, he's supposed I mean, to be Asian. He's supposed to be yeah. Asian for one thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, he, he, not he, French. He, that character was whitewashed in this movie. Com- oh, entirely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I just busted okay. up laughing when it was on that boat, and he's like, "The fate of billions would depend on you." <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, and then he, yeah. why are you laughing? What, that was the most so- inappropriate laughing moment. I'm yeah. like, what are you doing, man? Yeah, and he's like, oh, sorry. I'm like, was that like an actual thing that was supposed to be cut in the film? And Paul Everett was like, wonderful. Keep it in the movie. We'll keep it that way. You, you must face oh, your good. greatest fear. Your fear is this. Your fear is this. Like this yeah. guy. This guy. Sucks. I, I just I kept waiting for him to say, in the end, there can only be one. Yeah, <laughs> that would have made so much sense. It would have been so much better at that point. It would have been glad- a better Highlander too, to be honest. Yeah, probably. <laughs> the two yeah. who I liked in this movie was the, um, the actor for Johnny Cage. I liked him, and I liked the um, Sang Chu. What was his name? The one who overacted everything. Shao Sung. James Shang Sao. Now you got me doing Dallas. Shang Tzu. Shang Tsung. That man, when he when he overreacts and he just he he does the theatrical um, opening when he's like, it's, your soul will be mine. I'm like, that's purely theatrical. That's not on movies, oh, but yeah, but absolutely. I, I like I liked him. I liked him in this movie, and I like um Duncan. Your next. I want him yes. to announce the opening of Iron Chef. <laughs> <laughs> I did not like 
the person who played um what's her name Sonya Blade mm. Sonya yeah Bridget Wilson I only know her as the girl who played in um Billy Madison that's all I remember her from so I don't even remember uh, her like, that totally yeah, is her yeah that, that's her oh, but wow she, you're right yeah, she um, cannot to me give me a convincing line or deliver a complete uppercut. I mean, everything <laughs> she did is like she couldn't finish any of her fight scenes. And her lines, she's like she 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 looks like someone who I see as a secretary at a hospital or something. She looks like she could never fight a day in her life. She has so, some oh, really... go. I'll, I'll push these pencils for you because I can't I can't do nothing. And it's just like I, she I can't believe that she actually fought a day in her life. She was in Last Action Hero, so she has some action training. Yeah. By just doing a bunch of flips in the yeah. air. Uh, to be perfectly honest, she reminded me of like a dollar store Tory spelling to me. Take that for what it's worth. Don't know what that means, but okay, I'll take it for what that. it's worth. One dollar. You don't know who Tory spelling was? No, I don't know who Tory spelling is. <sighs> I love you, Kevin. <laughs> is she one of your other Dungeon Master friends from D&D gaming playing wow. pieces? W- really? You're, you're going to go there, Kevin? You, you want to go there? <laughs> Bro, I will shoot you out the airlock like you were a taco machine. That, that's a real threat, actually. Ooh, oh my god, with their fake wooden staff. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. The other thing I'll say is I did love the beginning of this movie. I think it was one of the best be- openings for a film. The fight the, between when, him and what, with, the, with the music, the opening of the music, the pumped up music and, oh, yeah, yeah. and everything else. I yeah, just thought yeah. that was fantastic. I know John's mentioned that and I was trying to get I was trying to weave it in somehow. But everyone kept talking. It's like, I'll just save it until like the very end or in the middle of the podcast. <laughs> and it's like, hey, I'll bring this part back up. <laughs> <laughs> Why was Liu Kang's room green? Like what, what was outside? Where was he? Was he outside of China? I don't that, know. That was weird. There was only one thing red inside that room, and I'm like, okay, what's the what's the point? I mean, I don't understand it because even if it was somewhere in Chinatown with neon lights, it just I, I don't know. The director <laughs> is just like overly green with envy with something. Well, like it was maybe he's like, oh my god, I get to see him naked. I'm so green with envy. Let me put the green screen on. It there. was Oops. so weird though because like you go from like something that's super super like color graded blue. Mm-hmm. To all of a sudden, just like this weird, awkward, vibrant green, and my eyes yeah. actually hurt a little bit watching the two scenes transition. Now, Kevin, you said yeah. that Paul W. S. Anderson likes to reference uh, more classic movies with how he goes about things. Correct? Is that adding you... things and adding things in his films? So he always adds some. Then I would almost wonder if that was him paying homage to Dario Argento. You know what? You know what? I could see that. That could that could be a very much of a thing. But at least you know, do more scenes like that, and not just like, oh, here's just one scene. I'm going to do that because because that know. that's that's classic Argento right there. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very much so. The color mm-hmm. sequences. Mm-hmm. I get Another that. thing I would say for this film for me, the ADR, it was horrible. There were times I could see them, and they're like, they're not even actually, the words are not properly coming out of their mouth. For me, I was just paying attention. Kevin, can you define ADR for for the listening audience? Oh, I'm sorry. Um, automatic dialogue um, replacements. So whenever you're on set and there's a lot of noise on there, and there's no way possible when someone even with a boom mic is trying to record, the person when they have their videos, um, the movie shot, 
they'll be in a room, they'll look at themselves when they're playing, and so they can say this line or something like that, and they'll get themselves pumped up or quiet down, but they're just trying to mouth out the words of whatever they said on screen. Mm-hmm. So they would do that, and I'm right there looking, and it's like, um, uh, even with the crowds, because you hear the crowd noises, it, it just put random crowd noises inside. Yeah, yeah. Because you can see how some of the people were just like, fight, fight. You can see the words actually come out of their mouth, but it's not saying they're like, and there's like all kinds of noise. Like, um, okay. Yeah, that's a thing. So, okay. Was there a lot of fight scenes like that? Because, it, I mean, I guess because I did, if I was playing a fighting game, I was more of Soul Calibur or a Street Fighter. And that's so fair. I'm guessing Mortal Kombat was like that, but just Mortal Kombat just had the blood and gore. Which this movie had none of the blood and gore because that's the only thing I Thank remember you. can relate to Mortal Kombat is that you had to have somebody did not turn on the the blood code. You had to have blood and gore. You had to rip off the spines. You had to crush the skull or freezing. There was only one. The only closest thing he did was a sub zero thing where they when he froze the guy and broke the pieces in the head was right there. I was like, oh, okay. Um, it. I guess it, that's the only thing we're gonna get for this film. It totally makes sense why they did the PG-13 rating, just because it was kids were obsessed with this game, and yeah, uh, you know, they didn't want to make it rated R. Money. That's why. Money. <laughs> I do remember back in the day when this came out, and it came out as a PG-13 rating. That was a big deal to the core audience. It's just like, mm. this is PG-13. They're obviously not going to do it just do the game justice to the level of gore and yeah fatalities in it and so i I remember that was that was kind of a a big letdown for a lot of people at that time as well at the same time though your core audience was like 15 16 year olds and with and it's i'm this is the mid 90s we still have parents who were trying to parent at the time (laughs) so they weren't going to take their kids to that kind of movie (laughs) so it made sense yeah Bro, but I what I what I will say though is you know it's it's a bit of double talk on Midway's part because this is back when Midway still had the rights to Mortal Kombat before Midway mm-hmm. went bankrupt, and Midway's who does Mortal Kombat games now? Um, dude, I don't remember offhand. I'll look uh, it up. But okay. uh, because this was during the whole uh video game. Uh, rating trial the the basically yep. the senate hearing that led to the rating system the esrb and mm-hmm. midway's justification was we made a mature game for a mature audience that's our target demographic we are not targeting this violence towards younger participants yeah. and it, and but and we won't be held liable because it's not our responsibility to parent your children yeah right. that was that was their justification in the senate hearings and then they turn around in this and they're like hey we're going to target this towards children. So we're going to take the blood out of it. And it's just like, they're double talking now because now all of a sudden, yes, we are. So, So, um, to answer the question, uh, Warner brothers owns Mortal Kombat currently, which makes sense since all the Mortal Kombat's are on HBO max right now. Um, I want to point this out here, John, because it doesn't look like Midway had a lot of say within the movie, new line cinema and threshold entertainment were the main people behind it and new line you know this was the era when new line was doing things like all of the teenage mutant turtles uh um Mm. and so they they were they were the company who goes we're gonna market and we're very good at marketing towards younger people and so i if i had a guess i would say that they overrid uh midway's uh thoughts on it because they knew that they could sell it 
here's the thing though midway still has the final say in that in all publishing basically all all new line would have had was the rights to make the movie per the okay of midway midway could have had made any kind of stipulation that they wanted to do Mm -hmm. um and i where i understand where you're coming from as far as uh new line cinema being the ninja turtles company Mm -hmm. um a little bit of something because I know this isn't your bag, but New Line Cinemas also was the company that broke Freddy Krueger into the mainstream as well. Mm-hmm. The, the Nightmare on Elm Street series was originally was released through uh, New Line, uh, so right. they also understood how to do how to make gory films and make money off of them by selling them to a mature audience. Mm. So this very well could have been. Uh, I don't want to say adult movie because that gives off a different connotation, but th- this, <laughs> right. this could have been um, targeted to a more mature audience with the violence. And I believe it probably would have been not only more successful, but it probably would have had more longevity than the cash grab that it ultimately ended up feeling like. I can see that. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah, this was a, what, a major cash grab. How much, how much money did this film make? Cause I know this made loads of money. It did. Well, I know yeah. it did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I know this movie was talked about so much. And like I said in the beginning, was that when pastors were preaching, like, don't send your children to watch this and promote this type of movies and so <laughs> forth. And I'm just like, I don't even have a television. Why are you telling me this? <laughs> According to Google, uh, Mortal Kombat um, 1995, the film enjoyed a three-week stint at number one, grossing $73 million domestically in the U.S., it also earned $51.7 million in other territories for a worldwide total of $124.7 million. In the 90s. In the 90s. Wow. I don't care for that today. That's still loads of money. Yeah. <laughs> that's a matter. Once you say million, that's all right. Too that's, a, that's a big deal in the 90s, though. That yeah. was the reason why, they, why uh, Mortal Kombat Annihilation got greenlit. So basically, all of those um, kids and teenagers saved all the quarters instead of playing the Mortal Kombat at the arcade. They watched the movie, which explains, which explains the uh, quality of Mortal Kombat Three. Oh, and to be fair, to be fair, when new Mortal Kombat games did get released in the arcades, uh, it was about a buck to play, sir, not a quarter. You had to pump multiple quarters in. Oh yeah, they were okay. expensive okay. games. Again, same thing. Quarters. You're saving quarters to play. Again, you got to put quarters inside. But it wasn't one quarter. It was four. <laughs> Plural. I didn't say quarter. I said quarters. Plural. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Plural. Oh my gosh. Um, I laughed my butt off with the first fight scene when they in the first original um the first supposedly Mortal Kombat when I said. About the um, when he broke into ice and so forth with Sub Zero, yeah, and they're all eating yeah. and they're just sitting down dining, and you see all the men are in there just like busting up and breaking up the tables. They're like cut, waxed, oiled up with their red hoods and flipping over the tables. Like, let's prepare the room. I'm like, have you never even thought about like, hey, let's get some Tupperware. Let's put this food somewhere. <laughs> somewhere. Like, Dude, I, I was on the same page. I was on that same page with you, bro. I'm like, why are you throwing away all the food? That's a waste. I could eat some of that. Yeah. What is wrong? Feed the crew. Even <laughs> when I starving children in Ethiopia, bro. Even when I saw that back in back in the day, I and they Shang Tsung said, "Let Mortal Kombat begin," and then like they threw the tables everywhere. I was like, "What are they doing? What's happening right now?" <laughs> It's like you knew this was gonna happen. You could have made a space ahead of time so that you didn't have to like just 
throw the table across the room. You really <laughs> are evil, bro. <laughs> At most, two dudes could just like grab the other end of the table. Like, All right, go to the left, go to the right. I've moved enough tables in the, in the at that church over the years that I we could have made this happen real quick. Give me twenty <laughs> seconds. We've been done faster than that guy got than the guys throwing the tables around. That scene was I mean, kind of cool. How big was their palace? <laughs> Were they all on the budget? <laughs> Dallas, I think you should show that to to uh, I think you should show that to Scott and be like, "This is how we need to clear out the sanctuary from now on." Just <laughs> from now on, that's how you clean up. Fast and efficient. And, like, and my, when they did that, did they come back with like a, a broom? Just because that floor was spotless when the fight started. <laughs> they tossed tables everywhere, foods everywhere, and all of a sudden it's a spotless rug. What happened to the food that was there? I'm just picturing some lady with a mask on coming in with a push. <laughs> <laughs> well, she Looks has to like Mortal Kombat has begun. <laughs> <laughs> she has to scoop up the dead bodies, the two, like the, the broken. What do you think was in pieces. the food, bro? <laughs> <laughs> that was Soylent Green. I knew it. <laughs> Soylent Green's my kind of people. That's all I'm saying. Charleston Heston was uh, in the background. Uh, uh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um,. Uh, well, you know, there was a lot of dead bodies on the ground because you had those many monster scenes of just people just throwing themselves in the rocks. I I, cry, I cried laughing. I'm not gonna lie, I, that that scene would have been so better if the if in the background you had let the bodies hit the floor. Like I need somebody to dub over <laughs> that scene. Let the bodies hit the floor as they're just rolling on the ground. <laughs> because because they'll be drowning in rocks, not in the pool. <laughs> I don't think new metal was quite really popular at that time. Not yet. It was close, <laughs> but not yet. Well, I think we've hit that moment where it's time to throw out the ratings here. Uh, Dallas, why don't you don't you... want to talk about the various fight scenes? Because there's only so many fight scenes to talk about in this film. Bro, all this movie was was fight scenes. I Literally, this movie was fight scene. The movie is all it was. Yeah. Oh my Maybe gosh. someone should have called John Claude Van Damme in this, or the <laughs> Irish guy from Fatal Deviation, and then he yeah. we could, then we could have flashbacks to parts of the movie that weren't even there. <laughs> Randomly saying things that don't make sense. <laughs> uh, well, this movie did left us on a cliffhanger. But um, hey, yeah. uh. All right. Uh, so, Dallas, why don't you go ahead and explain the rating system to the listeners out there and let's dive in. Yeah. So our rating system is really pretty simple. Um, we have Top Shelf, which is like, hey, this is a great movie. Everybody needs to watch this. I don't care what happens. This is a great movie. Uh, then we have Middle Shelf. We're like, OK, I can see why people don't like it, but you enjoy it. It's a great movie for, to you. So you're going to have it. Bottom Shelf is like, oh, no, this is trash. This is not good. But uh, keep it around. And then there is the dumpster fire, which is where movies go that we never speak of again. And, you know, to date, I don't think anything's ever been in the dumpster fire. It's not that I can ever remember. Nope. Avatar. Avatar went in the dumpster. What movie is Avatar? I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. What, what Avatar are you talking about? There was no Avatar. Oh, I'm sorry. The Last Airbender. What? No, no, no. I don't recall a movie called Last Airbender. <laughs> I, I see where you're going with this. <laughs> <laughs> what goes in the dumpster fire stays in the dumpster fire. Uh, it is erased from history. Uh, so let's go ahead and go around the circle. Dallas, what, do you, what, what are you ranking this movie as? All right, I'm going to rank this movie a middle shelf. 
Really? I enjoy this movie. What? I will bust this movie out every so often and just watch it for the heck of it. I'm not going to lie. Maybe once or twice a year, I'll, I'll pull it out because it's just fun. So that's my, my ranking for it. Middle shelf. Done. All right. Branson. Uh, mm, okay. <laughs> let me, let me gather myself for a second here. That was, that was surprising. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you need us to come back to you branson do you need a moment no no no, no. I'm, i'm good i'm good i'm, I'm good it, it, you're you're like you're like mike My, michael myers uh, you're like mike myers from saturday night live i'm all the clemps <laughs> talk amongst yourselves <laughs> an eggplant is neither an egg nor a plant discuss <laughs> <laughs> No, I uh, I enjoyed the way the movie started. I thought it had a pretty decent start, uh, but it kind of fell apart kind of quickly. Uh, it felt repetitive. Uh, like it's been said before, it felt like that the whole point of the movie was the fight scenes and there was very little storytelling in between. And, and the fight scenes were cool, but it got to the point where when we finally get to the big fight at the end, you know, the big fight, I was just bored. It was like, oh, look, they're fighting mm. again. Yay. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I wouldn't throw it in the dumpster fire, but I got to give this a bottom shelf. I, it, It's just, uh, it, it did not perform for me. All right. So we have a middle shelf and a bottom shelf. Mike, you're, you're the guest on the show. Where, what shelf would you put this movie on in the rating system? Middle shelf. I agree Let's with go. Dallas. Let's go. I agree with you. Um, I I can wa- I can put this on any time and have a have a good time watching it. Um, I think that I like like you guys said. I understand the problems. I I'm very aware of the the problems and how the movie looks, and it definitely hasn't aged that well. But I. I love it. I love it. I love watching it. It's I think it's a good time. Um it's especially I didn't say this earlier, but especially the the fight scene between Liu Kang and uh uh Reptile when he actually becomes a a ninja right instead of that the CGI garbage uh when he actually becomes a ninja and Liu Kang and him that fight scene the That's music the best fight scene in the whole movie I agree. I agree. The The music with it and how intense Liu Kang is and how he's growling the whole time. And, <laughs> and, and then when I got to tell you, when he did the, uh, when he did the, the bicycle kick and, uh, and like, it looks ridiculous because reptile flips like 5 million <laughs> times, but it's like gravity stops. <laughs> yeah. That scene, like, was it went in the theater when we were watching that. Like, my buddy, my my friend that I was sitting next to, I was like, "Oh, he did that in the game. That was awesome." <laughs> and I don't know, it's just stuff like that. It just, I don't forget stuff like that. So I can, I, I'll put this on anytime and watch it and have a good time. So middle All shelf. Right. Yeah. I, I want to clarify my answer. I I too understand the issues with the movie. I'm not denying that. Uh, that last fight scene, uh, especially when he did the uh, the, the his uh, his dragon punch, was trash. But yeah. it's a fun movie regardless. <laughs> All right, uh, Kevin. 
Where, what, how are you rating this movie, bro? Um, question for Mike. When you watched this movie in the theater, did everyone like bust up cheering when Johnny Cage did that punch him in the balls scene? <laughs> it was, it was a lot of laughter. Yeah. Okay, because uh, I know that was once very. That was supposed to be like a very popular um in fight for um in fight scene for Johnny Cage, right? Or one of his signature moves. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. That's one of his moves. Yeah, the split punch or whatever. Yeah. Okay, I was just trying to remember because I was busting up laughing when when that happened. And I was like. I'm yeah. guessing this is because they sl- it lingered on that for a moment, and my mind was instantly going like, "This has to be a fight scene thing." But I'm, I know we're on a rating thing, but there was one thing I just had a question about: What was with the re- reptile? Was that in the video game? I don't he, remember. He was a hidden character in the and video he, game. See, he he was a hidden character in the video game. Mm-hmm. Okay, I just don't remember seeing any cosplay or anything with people yeah. doing anything with a reptile, even with a CGI one. But I was like, thinking like, what is with this character? I don't understand." Yeah. If if you were a Mortal Kombat fan, seeing him excited you because he was a hidden character. Uh, even Katana was a was a hidden character um, in the game, and so that that's why that was a big okay. deal was seeing Reptile. Okay, and you and with the CGI in this movie, you could definitely say this movie had a reptile dysfunction. Nice. I just broke Kevin. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay. That was um, good. <laughs> yeah, that was. What was my rating? I don't even know. <laughs> Note itself. Continue on. All right. Okay. No, no, no. Come I on. I mean, the, mo- the, the movie the movie is pretty dumb and it's stupid. I mean, it's cheeky. It's kind of fun. I mean I don't know. It's a, it's like a mixed bag with this movie with this with me. I mean, it's not dumpster fire, but it's not definitely it's not near top. I don't know middle shelf. I'll just put a middle shelf. Wow, oh. it's silly, it's silly and dorky enough, and I guess I could watch myself um, watching this movie with people. I mean, one day I'll watch this movie with people again and actually hear people laughter instead of hearing everyone quiet as Branson and John. But yeah. Up in the middle, so sure. <laughs> All right. Um, well, then my opinion really doesn't matter at this point. But <laughs> okay, let's go on to the weak connections part, where we don't have to care about what John has said anymore. <laughs> don't leave me alone, John. Come on, dude. <laughs> don't leave me alone. Go drink, bleach, bro. Um, <laughs> All right. So I'm already white. Can't get any more whiter. Well, you haven't seen my legs, sir. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I will say that uh, this movie, I expected more from it from my based off of my memories. It didn't meet up with it. I found some enjoyment in it, but honestly, I don't see myself pulling it out. Except for when I get nostalgic for it and forget how the movie actually is. I I start to re- I start to remember dialogue that's not there and plot points that don't exist and. Then I'll put it in and have a reminder. Um, it's it's a solid bottom shelf. I'll probably pull it out once every five years. Gotcha. Mortal Kombat once a generation, you know, like like a <laughs> like the rules say. So ten thousand years. <laughs> so it's it's worth a it's it's worth a rare watch, but you know, I, I it's not something I'd be like, bro. I, I'm not going to be like that guy at Walmart with Kevin and be like, 
this is a fantastic oh movie, God. bro. <laughs> uh, that, that that man drove drove me away. Drove me so like almost made me not want to buy the movie and, and f- first watch it because it was nonstop with this guy. Like I was walking away, he was still talking. About it. I was like, dude, I think he's I think he's really like in a loving relationship with this movie or something. <laughs> <laughs> and he had his girlfriend beside him. I was like, I'm pretty sure he would dump his girlfriend to watch this movie and but, I don't know, whatever. All right, well, let's go ahead and move on to the weak connections and see if anybody can find anything redeemable about Mortal Kombat. (laughs) This is a weak connection. This is the weak connection section of the show, Uh, a concept lifted from our good friends over at Strangers and Aliens, uh, where we try to find some sort of discernible spiritual truth or redeeming quality about redeeming message that we can derive from this movie, no matter how far fetched that idea may be. Uh, I don't know why I'm the one introducing this section because I have nothing for this movie. <laughs> nothing. So John, I mean, oh, I mean, da- Dallas, finish him. <laughs> <laughs> Get over here. All right. I have a weak connection. Uh, and that is the the Sung Chu's um, Shang Sung. So number five with uh, a side of egg rolls. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't racist at all. I literally had Chinese food for lunch today, so <laughs> I wish I had. <laughs> you now, had American Chinese food, not Chinese food. American Chinese food. There is a difference. You don't know. You don't know yet. No, I know your taste for foods. You think mayonnaise is spicy. Stop, okay? Jeez Louise. Bro, I will punch you in the throat and make you sound like Christopher Lambert. (laughs) Go ahead and do it. Let's see your best shot. That's right. He'll sound better in the next episode. (laughs) So my weak connection actually comes from that conversation he had. uh, Not Shang Tsung. I'm sorry. I was talking about Raiden. Uh, Raiden's conversation with uh, the team about fear, dealing with fear and um, and talk about facing your fears, which is a running theme is, you know, face your fears. And, um, it got me thinking about, it cause fear is one of those things that everyone deals with at some point in time. And, um, you know, you guys know for us here at the bottom shelf, we're, we're, we're believers in Jesus. And there's a lot of conversations in the Bible about fear and not fearing and, and whatnot. Um, but I think that some people, they, they take that conversation a little too far and they act like if there's any sign of fear, then um, there, there's something wrong in their lives. Or they act like um, that, that the fear itself, that if they're walking with Jesus, they shouldn't have anything to fear, period. Nothing will ever scare them. And that's just not the case. There are things in our lives that will f- frighten us, that will shake us at times. The question becomes how we respond to fear. And um, I'm thinking about when Jesus was on the boat with the disciples and he takes a nap and all of a sudden there's this massive storm that pops up and they're freaking out. And they go to wake Jesus up and they're like, hey, wake up because we're about to die. Now, when they're saying that we're about to die, they're not talking about themselves. They're, they're suggesting even he's going to die. And he gets up and he rebukes the storm and he rebukes them and says, oh, you little faith. And he's not getting on to them for asking for help. I mean, Jesus is all about us asking for help. Uh, he's there for us. Uh, but his his rebuke was about the fact that they allowed that fear to override their faith in him override what they understand about who he is and that's the real catch for us that when we're when we say hey you know don't have don't fear don't you know don't have doubts about these things it's not about of you know you know not having a little jump scare it's a matter of don't allow that to interrupt your understanding of who god is and his place in your life 
um, you will go through some terrifying times at times. It could be financial issues. It could be uh, something devastating taking place in your family, and you'll be you'll be fearful. The question is, will you allow that to shut you down and keep you from walking in what God has for you, or will you press through, understanding who Jesus is and understanding that He does work all things out to uh, uh, His good, or to our good, and to His glory? And so that's kind of my my weak connection for us is, you know, it's okay to be scared, but don't let it dictate what you're going to do and how you're going to make your next step in your life. Awesome. Does anybody else have a weak Mm -hmm. connection before we shut this thing down? I do. I do. I do. All right, Branson. Uh, My weak connection is based on the only character that actually had a story arc, Johnny Cage. (laughs) Um, When we first meet Johnny Cage, he's... uh, He's, you know, he's a big movie star. He's all concerned about his image. There's newspaper reports going on about calling him a fake, which, I mean, he's an actor. I didn't really get that part. But anyhow, I digress. Uh, the, the scene that sticks out in my mind mo- completely is when they first arrive on the island. He's getting off the boat, and his arms are loaded down with all of this luggage. And he's trying <laughs> to carry all of his luggage. No one else has a, a single bag at all. And he's trying to carry, like, enough enough clothing for, like, six people. And uh, at one point, he just drops everything in the water. He says, okay, forget this. And then you see him throughout the, the course of the of the show. He's caring less and less about his ego. He's caring less and less about his image or about his reputation. He's starting to care more and more about the tournament itself to the point that he makes a deal with Shang Tsung and says, let me fight Goro next. And uh, I, I think Raiden is even in there where he, sa- he tells Raiden, this is our fight, right? And Raiden's like, ah, yes, they're finally starting to get it. yeah that whole thing of him struggling to carry all this luggage and then just chunking it and by the end of the movie caring about the tournament caring about fighting well it reminds me of hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 therefore since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us johnny cage had to let go of this idea that he was going to the tournament just to prove himself he had to Mm. let go of the idea that he was going to the tournament to make himself a better actor a better Mm. movie star a better fighter he he had to he had to let go of all that and focus on what was important which was winning the tournament to save to save earth and as christians a lot of times we carry a lot of baggage we carry a lot of stuff and it weighs us down it inhibits us from doing what god calls us to do because we don't want to let it go like johnny cage with his bags we just we got all this really important stuff that we got to keep close and sometimes being a follower of christ and chasing after jesus means you got to let that stuff go you got to let god come in and change what is important to you mm. so that things that things that seems like next level important suddenly don't matter anymore mm. because god rewrites your focus and so that was my weak connection for the movie. Word. You got one, Kevin? Mike? I do, actually. Um, so uh, Shang Tsung and uh, Liu Kang, um, that's a classic case of uh, Shang Tsung playing like the devil and trying to guilt Liu Kang into feeling uh, feeling guilty for the death of his brother. It's the classic mm. case of uh, the enemy, you know, being a jerk and saying, hey, remember this, and yet you're responsible. This is your fault and trying to bait you and uh, make you feel guilty for something that you didn't even have, you didn't have anything to do with. 
And Luke Kane responds, eventually he responds with, my brother chose his own path. Every man is responsible for his own destiny. And so many of us, as you know, as we go through life, we feel responsible for the people that have walked away from from the faith or walk, you know, or we feel responsible for something that didn't have anything to do with us. So um, mm. that's a good little it's a it's a classic case of just Shang Tsung being the devil and trying to, you know, trying to just make make Liu Kang weak and feel feel like you know, he was responsible and he wasn't totally very apt. Well, all right, let's, let's go ahead and shut this down. Uh, we want to thank everybody out there who, uh, is listening to the show. Uh, we certainly do appreciate our listenership out there. Uh, if you like what you hear, please like rate and subscribe. That puts us in front of, uh, more like-minded individuals who, uh, might be interested in what we're doing here. Um, and, uh, check us out on our other projects, Mike, uh, being as you are our guest for this episode and the next episode, where can people find you on the interwebs, uh, to, uh, check out what you're doing? You can, uh, you could follow boomstick video on everything, Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram you could follow us on there. Um, our entire podcast archive is boomstick.video, uh, uh, Dave is our producer, so he is in charge of all that. Um, so, yeah, you can find us on anything. Follow us. I highly recommend it, too. It's a really good show. And Steve Arthur, who did the music for Boomstick Video, also did the music for uh, playing games with strangers, which is really exciting. So, yeah. Uh, Dallas, where can people find you on the Internet? Yeah, uh, you can find me and all the various projects I'm part of, mostly at geekdevotions.com, uh, where you'll find links to our podcast, Calm Talk by Geek Devotions. This podcast right here, uh, we read allegedly. And, uh, all, of course, all of our devotions we put out every Friday, where we take geek pop culture items like movies, video games, comic books, and we just let you know that you're loved. And uh, don't forget all the socials, just look for Geek Devotions. I really try to make it as easy as possible. Uh, Branson. I have a corner of Calm Talk called Bees Using Reviews where I review faith-based family-friendly comics and I promote the creators that make them. If you have a faith-based family-friendly comic that you want to be promoted, you can email me at branson.boykin at gmail.com or you can also uh, just message me through Geek Devotion social media. I'm there pretty much all the time. I also have another project in the works that will be dropping in September, hopefully. Also, uh, do you want me to mention the one shot or do you want to do that uh, whatever you want to do man this, this is your option opportunity to do whatever you want okay i am a blade level patron on playing games with strangers it's a DD podcast that john uh dms and because i'm a blade level patron i am getting the opportunity to participate in a one shot based on the call of cthulhu game system and i am super duper excited to be a part of that. If you're someone who enjoys D and D podcast playing and you need something that is family friendly, that the whole family can listen to, let me highly recommend playing games with strangers. There's, there's very few things out there that I'm willing to spend money on, but I am a patron of playing games with strangers. Cause I think it's that good. Branson, your green screen effect makes it look like you're talking into Captain America's shoulder. That's, all I'm saying. <laughs> I know that, that's my mic. For whatever reason, it keeps cutting my mic out. So I'm whispering into Cap's shoulder. Uh, this is getting awkward. Kevin, where can people find you on the internet? 
Well, you cannot find me on Play Games with Strangers because I do not promote, I do not give money towards that thing, and I don't care about people dressing up playing games like that. But if you do want to find me, just look in the show notes. Okay, well, Debbie Downer joined the show. All right. Uh, of course, <laughs> as you as you heard uh, Branson say, I do DM for playing games with strangers. I am a voice actor. I play uh, Nick Foster on uh, uh, Supersonic Pod Comics. I read books allegedly with We Read Allegedly. Um, I have other things I do. Oh, yeah, I'm in a band called Mezzanine. You can find us on the face space. And uh, um, Primitive Rhythm Machine is going away. There's a I've got something in the works to replace it. So look forward to that soon. Uh, that being said, we hope you enjoyed what you were listening to. And uh, Kevin, what's on the docket for next time we meet again? A movie. <laughs> on the docket. What docket? What are you talking about? Awesome. Well, so glad that Kevin's on his professional <laughs> game today. We can totally see You're, how the... Uh, annihilate him. All right. With that said, good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>